Here we are with Exalted versus Chronicles of Darkness Hologram Summer, the introduction episode. We are in June 2021, and I am Devin. And with me today, we have Peter and Holden. Excellent. So, listeners, uh, you did hear that we're doing an Exalted game in the Chronicles of Darkness, which shouldn't surprise you that much because we previously did an Exalted game in the World of Darkness and previously did a bunch of Exalted games in Creation and other places. So, you know, we're back on our bullshit and this time our bullshit's gotten even more bespoke because we're playtesting the Chronicles of Darkness Exalted conversion. To give you a breakdown of what this is, uh, if you don't know what Exalted is, I can't possibly help you at this point because this is such a niche podcast for you to find it's a little shocking that you don't know what exalted is so i'm just sorry um other things can better inform you with better time on hand but exalted versus chronicles of darkness is fundamentally a reflection and sort of like the opposite in a way of what the exalted versus wad game was so for a brief preface in exalted versus world of darkness it was an rpg made to play exalts that have broken into the world of darkness sort of you know they were once sealed away and not part of the setting and now they are here and that was there to play up the old like early 2000s it never made it into production joke that exalted was supposed to be the origin of the world of darkness and the intent of that game was because world of darkness is full of a bunch of big stupid indulgent badly written npcs and bullshit and meta plots and like writer pet nonsense then playing a bunch of exults lets you go in and smash the joint up and have fun killing that one guy who's an ashtray in wraith but also is a werewolf vampire mage guy i think his name was hate samuel hate yeah there we go i remember the name so that was Exalted versus Wad. You're supposed to go in and disrupt everything because the world of darkness is a world that is ending in an apocalypse and it's full of nonsense and it hasn't aged well. And the content going out for it now is atrocious and like offensive enough to cause real world diplomatic issues. So it's like going into like an old amusement park and smashing up the joint. It's kind of fun. That's what the world of darkness versus Exalted did. Um, Chronicles of Darkness took a different approach uh, as far as the book and the developer Holden, the guy that's here, has informed us of. The the intent behind Chronicles of Darkness was to take the thematic package of the Exults from Exalted. The ideas behind these like recurring, reincarnating heroes that like rise up to save the world from either itself or ex- outside forces and imagine a world where they had always been a presence in, in the Chronicles of Darkness. And that's a lot easier because the Chronicles of Darkness has basically none of the stuff that makes ruining it fun for World of Darkness. Like it's a modular abstract, make, you know, add your own spices world where things are and aren't true simultaneously all the time. And there is no meta plot and there is no anything. So it's a lot easier to just build exalts as if they were a new book that's being put out like deviant or Prometheus or whatever. Um, so in this game, exalts have always existed. People, you know, are chosen and become that. And being an exalt in the world of dark in the Chronicles of Darkness follows the same supernatural horror pitch that the other splats do, where using your powers has consequences on the world, and it's stuff you have to actually manage rather than running roughshod over everything and ruining everything. Um, the core Chronicles of Darkness book gives you rules for solars, lunars, abyssals, sidereals, dragon blooded. Um, Infernals. Did I miss anyone? That's it. That's it. It gives you the the sort of core splats to choose from because everything else has sort of already been eaten up by the other playbooks. Like if you want to be, 
I guess a liminal would be a good example of like, or what, what was an example we spoke of that a deviant would be really good for? I guess alchemicals, people that have like power as an infection that changes your body and changes you. Though for alchemicals, it's like a heroic thing. For deviants, it's like a nightmare thing. It's like a you're you know yeah, an alienation. Yeah, we were talking thing. about like you asked me if I was gonna if I were to add alchemicals, like what would they look like? And the answer right out of my mouth immediately is like uh, Tetsuo the Iron Man meets Common Rider and deviant just deviant does that deviant completely that's, does that already that that's it's, literally you don't the, need another game to yeah. do that yeah like that's the bare pitch for it and before deviant even existed prometheus and demon were sort of doing that too and like yeah. that's the thing uh, some of those exults just don't have enough real estate in chronicles with the other really nebulous and nuanced splats to kind of fit in like getimian's you're not gonna really get a lot out of that same with liminals same with um heart eaten and that other guy and i'm really reaching here for the uh, exigence exigence aren't really like a thing like that's a build your own exalt and there's enough build your own yeah, stuff I mean, you chronicles. Could. yeah you absolutely could but i mean yeah go balance your own chronicles of darkness uh charm powers versus the chronicles system go fucking for it if you want an exigent it's up to you you have the power <laughs> but like there's just not a framework for that stuff so that's the sort of pitch for chronicles uh, of darkness versus exalted is there anything you want to add to that holden or anything you kind of want to elaborate on that i didn't really touch on um the only other thing i'd want to say before you get to that is all the exalt types have a really nice built-in setting feel where they just feel like they're a chronicles of darkness at edition it just feels natural like serials have their own play loop infernals have their own thing dragon blooded run the gamut of like the the winchesters from supernatural and like traditional dynast families they all fit in in various ways yeah um i didn't want uh, the last the old project um exalted versus world of darkness which is soon got a second edition coming out oh, yeah. um that was very much about it was there for the lore nerds the metaplot nerds and you just got to you know turn on the cheat codes and go in and just smash up the joint. Just gloriously go throw a cannonball through the middle of the setting. But there isn't really lore and there isn't really a setting here. There's just a mood. There's just a a world and it's a scary place where shit goes bump in the night. And so uh, the exalts, instead of being uh, just dropped on top of the game uh, like a hand grenade... Um, they've just been sent in there to bump around as well. Uh, they've been reconceptualized to work in a horror setting rather than to uh, ride a motorcycle through the middle of a horror setting throwing Molotovs. Um, and some of them look very much like they used to, and some of them have changed rather dramatically in the process. Um, I also add that uh, Exalted vs. Chronicles isn't out yet because it needs to go through layout and a few tweaks based on the playtesting that went on in this campaign. Uh, but it will be very soon. And it will be on, uh, it, you'll be able to find it on my WordPress site, holdenshare.wordpress.com, uh, which is where Exalted vs. Chronicles and several other fan games can be found right now. Mm-hmm. And we'll we'll have links and whatnot uh, for people who just want to be able to click something and can't parse the the voice side of it because that that's me. 
Oh yeah, me too. Yeah, so check the episode description for various links uh, for things like Exalted versus World of Darkness, the second edition coming out soon, Chronicles versus Chronicles of Darkness versus Exalted, or Exalted versus Chronicles of Darkness. Um, and there's also Powered by the Apocalypse versions of World of Darkness versus Exalted, and Powered by the Apocalypse versions of like Mage and Vampire. So check those out too. It's all there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so before we move from Chronicles versus Exalted, um, what do you think is the what do you think people who are excited to play this game will find to be the most engaging? Putting you directly on the spot to pitch your game. <laughs> um, I I think just being able to jump directly into the setting with any type of game you want to run there's something in there that works for anything um if you want to run something very much in the vein of hunter but you know uh where you're sort of on even footing with the monsters rather than being horrifically outgunned at every turn that's there if you want to run something directly in the vein of hunter where you are horribly outgunned at every turn uh there's actually an option uh, with the dragon blooded, who in this setting they don't just naturally exalt by dent of bloodline, they have to go rip the power out. They have to go out there as still like ninety five percent mortals with just maybe a little bit of, uh, you know, I can make fires get hotter when I want them to, and rip the power out of dying monsters to try to catalyze their own exaltation. Um, they've been cons- that's something you can just throw in as a hunter conspiracy and run it with Hunter the Vigil. Um, You can run mixed games, and there's going to be a kind of exalt there that fits with anything. Sidereals run well with mages. Uh, Lunars have basically been uh, reconceived as Mother Nature's revenge stories. Uh, You'll find that uh, Abyssals work fairly well with Geist, with Vampire, with a broad range of things. And of course, uh, mixed games are very, very possible. Mm, Excellent. Uh, The follow-up question to that before we move on then would be, is there any advice you'd give to first-time storytellers that are going to be taking a look at this? Anything they should keep in mind just when they're about to kind of maybe set up their own game? The Exalted are uh, stupidly, unreasonably powerful in many respects, but also have a lot of uh, lingering mortal mortal frailty. Don't try to check them when they're flexing, but do feel free to hand them uh, a bill for the havoc they've wrought at the end of that flex period. Because this is very much a game about having power and using power but maybe having to be responsible with that power to keep from breaking the world uh, in the course of saving it. Oh yeah. That, that there's a whole gameplay loop about that. That's actually really fascinating that we should touch on in the Q and a, I do want to talk about the, the burns system. That was interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, with that out of the way, let's then discuss uh, night city. So I built a quick pitch setting for this game because it's supposed to be like a quick one shot. And I went, much further than I should have with it. Um, the idea is that this takes place in contemporary, like 2021 Miami, Florida. Um, but Miami, Florida is known to the, I, I call things that are supernatural um, or we call them like the books, call them the night society or the night people like 
the people that aren't mortal that don't hang out during the day that are clearly supernatural and need people to exist. Like vampires feed on people, but so do changelings in a way. And so do geists and all that. Like a lot of the supernaturals that are part of the night people or the all night society need people. And Miami is built up into the city called night city, where it has a supernatural effect that nights tend to last longer in a non observable way that isn't quite uh, defined like, you know, iron down with mechanics, but for the supernaturals of the city, they get a lot more nighttime than most other people do in other parts of the world due to various things. Um, the issues with night city is they're in a downturn because of the pandemic, because this fictitious version of Miami, Florida has been in full lockdown since the pandemic started. So like people aren't going out, businesses are closed. The streets are empty during the day at night. Uh, you know, it's harder to feed and like survive if you're supernatural because there's just no one around anymore. And on the flip side, uh, there's also an unspeakable heat wave going through town that are making people squirrely and, you know, maybe acting a bit strange. I've seeded the setting with a bunch of strange events that are going on. Like, um, you know, there's people seeing giant severed hands wandering around. There's machines building more machines, building dolls. There's children talking about seeing the Archangel Michael. People are talking about like a crying woman in a mirror that's coming to hunt uh, Jesus. Like there's a bunch of weird stuff going on in the city that's leading up to a visit from a living saint called Abel. And Abel is just this supernatural entity that visits cities every once in a while and makes them better. Like just in like a vague, weird blessing sort of way. And the plot for this night city one shot is if you get further enough into it, is that there's a conspiracy to assassinate the saint in the city and take advantage of his visit when he might not be expecting to be, you know, uh, assassinated. So, what we've recorded so far as of the introduction is just like a quick arc about dealing with a, uh, like a Dave and Busters that's haunted with like ghostly problems and hungry animatronics and stuff. And we might not go further than that uh, for this one shot, but it does set up a lot of these sort of hooks in the night city that if we come back for another Chronicles of Exalted game or Chronicles of Darkness versus Exalted game, we'll probably reuse the setting, maybe the characters, probably all the NPCs and hooks and just explore more what's going on. Um, but it's meant to be a very, desolated uh like empty abandoned liminal spacey vaporwave aesthetic neon lights everywhere you know uh posters and masks blowing in the wind not a lot of people out and about everything's kind of taped over closed signs you know the idea of a city where everyone in the city's alive they're living in their homes but the city's been abandoned you know no one is living in the city anymore they're just waiting in the city that's kind of the feel i wanted to go with uh with the kind of you know uh, descriptions and narratives and tone and like emotions you want to tap into any sort of vaporwave aesthetic media like uh, hotline miami or any of those youtube channels would be a good way to get you into the mood for things uh you guys want to add anything in i think you covered it pretty well yeah perfect all right, uh, let's talk characters. So I'm going to stop talking a bunch, and Peter and Holden decide who's going to go first. Tell us about your characters, both who they are, what they are, what they look like, and maybe what their mechanics uh, are really shining uh, from what you've seen so far. All right. Well, I guess I can start. And yeah. So I'm playing Damien Star, a.k.a. Daystar. He's a solar dawn, can't you tell? Um, so yeah, he's like a young guy in like early 20s. He's like a bodybuilder, model type, very fit, you know, jacked pretty much and yeah, all that stuff. 
his story was that, you know, he's a son of Olympic gold medalist, Orion Star, and, you know, he was a school athlete in Los Angeles. But, you know, there was a local Deva that, you know, liked to groom his future ghouls from that stock, so that's his encounter with the supernaturals. And, you know, when, one day he saw one of his friends getting predated, you know, he just went in to rescue them. And, you know, after getting his shit kicked out of a little bit, you know, he turned into a solar and then, you know, killed the perp that, you know, has tried to assault them with the power of, you know, the sun-kissed fists. Which, you know, didn't end up that well because, you know, vampires don't like it when you kill one of their own, so they send the police and, you know, they said they didn't want to you know, punch normal people. He preferred to punch vampires. So he decided to just book it out of town and just hit the road until everything dies down for a while. And that's how he got into Miami. He just tried to live on the down low, you know, maybe deal with some sleazy vampires and, you know, get some money for the motel because he's not doing that great. And looks-wise, he's a little, looks a little bit like Chris Hemsworth from the new Ghostbusters, but also... Oh my- Mix that up. Yes? Oh, I, I'd forgotten that we had a bunch of Ghostbuster 3 references in this game now that I'm remembering. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, so, but take that and amp it up to Fist of the North Star slash JoJo levels, I suppose. You know, his, the superhero disguise is he's wearing glasses, like Superman. He takes them off when he's you near know, PDing people up. And, yeah. He's a Sodon, so he's pretty, you know, straightforward. He punches things. He punches things very well. You know, he's all about the combat side of things. You know, wanted to just do something simple there. Took some Oxbody technique to give more health. Took some 12-gauge fist to be able to, you know, punch holes into everything. And, yeah, Dones also are pretty good at destroying things. So, you know, if there's a door between you and you know, where you need to be, well, that door ain't there. You're a Don. You break it down. Or, you know, if you lock down in somewhere, well, that also takes care of that. Uh, other than that, uh, I took the merit that's living sunlight. So, you know, his fists are like sunlight. If he punches vampires, that's, you know, burns them quite well. And then if he gets really burning, then, you know, that's real sunlight coming out of him. It might be fun one day. We'll see whether we'll call it a vampire in this setting. Yeah, that's going to be wild. So yeah, definitely solos are the ones that have a lot of dice to throw around, especially if you hyper-specialize into your cast things. Like, oh, if you want to be the, do the punch things, you can punch things with 20 dice, which the system is, you know, not really meant to handle, but whatever. You can you know, do 15 damage in one punch. That's fine. Yeah. But yeah, the downside is that, you know, you do burn through your fuel quite well and, you know, you do take damage and so on, so on. So, you know, you're a little bit of a glass cannon in that regard. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's roughly where my character stands and where the solas are at. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You're definitely the most straightforward of the two of you. And it'll, I feel like it would be interesting to see where your utility truly shines if we had like a few more players for you to bounce off of in scenes because with you being so combat focused and holden being so utility focused as we'll soon find out it's a little bit tricky to let you like play off of other people in a combat yeah mm-hmm. i mean definitely if you wanted to make this more of a campaign than one shot would probably just tone things down a little bit rather than being you know i am a hammer and everything is nail even if it's not nail shaped i'm going to make it nail shaped Oh, I've been going the other direction, like you and whoever plays a lunar teaming up to be like the death machines. 
I went the other direction with that in my mind, Pete. I went I went with you doubling down. Well, that could be fun too. But then, like you know, be, how much of the meat guy can you have? But that'd be the thing. You'd be all like, no, 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 no. Everyone is a nail. <laughs> <laughs> and then a crater. As a solar, so, I have perfect judgment of the world, and I can and I only judge one thing in this world of darkness, whether or not you're a nail. Guilty. Cat, cat. Oh wait, you guys might not know the cat reference. I'll tell you later. Alright. So Holden. are we good with Yeah, okay. So Holden, uh tell us about your character. So I'm playing Raphael Vargas, uh Chosen of Secrets, Sidereal. Uh, Rafi was a, or I suppose to say is, uh, Rafi's passion was journalism, and he jumped through the many, 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 many hoops to, uh, uh, get a journalism degree and to break into the shrinking, dying world of print news, which turns out very much not to have been worth the work, the worry, or the effort. Um, he's a Miami native, and he grew up around the weird events of the city and the weird stories that the people tell on the streets uh, about angels eating neon, uh, eating neon so that they can fly, about uh, what will happen if you say the wrong names while looking into a mirror with the lights out. Mm-hmm. And he's always been deeply, deeply interested in weird Miami. So while breaking into the you know lower ranks of the newsroom at the Miami Herald, he also ran a, uh, a weird news of the world blog on his own. Uh, and that continued right up until somebody linked the two identities together. Uh, he was outed as running this crackpot news site and lost his job and lost his actual respectable job as a journalist. He thought that sucked. And then the supernatural beings he'd been writing about anonymously to that point, you know, also had his real name linked to his, uh, his little hobby. And one of them came calling one night and that really sucked. And it would have sucked even worse if he had not exalted and managed to book it out of there to save himself. Hmm. So now he's uh, full-time delving into Night City to find out what is there, what's rattling around in the dark, and what he can do about it. And because he's a sidereal and good at finding things, one of the very first things he found was Damien, which we'll go into in the first session. Uh, unlike Damien, Raffi can't really fight his way out of a paper bag, uh, using the basic stats on his sheet and using all of his exalted flex, he can kind of put himself up to the point where he's a really good match for an ordinary person. Like he can completely like kick the shit out of the guy who greets you when you go to Walmart. Uh, Going up against a vampire? No, that's that's not a good idea. He is not a combat character, and that's a function uh, instead, of uh, that's a function <laughs> of how you designed him, rather than of Sidereals themselves. Just so audiences know, yes, um, if he was a 
if you know he had the stats of a combat wombat, like lots of strength, lots of brawl or weaponry or firearms or whatever, Mars. he would be quite effective because sidereal. Uh, where sellers just straight up just push their dice pools through the roof, sidereal's uh, magic tends to be a force multiplier. If you're already good at it, it makes you a lot better at it. If you're not good at it, you don't get a lot of bang for your buck. Uh, instead, uh, Rafi has a lot of magic that it makes him good at getting information out of people and out of the world and poking the storyteller and making him and making him tell me things about what we should be doing and where we should be doing it and where to find the plot and where to find the thing that advances the plot. And that's his feedback loop. Um, is he pokes the world and something useful falls out, even if it's not always immediately obvious how it's going to be useful. Mm -hmm. We've been finding that a lot too. Like uh, the way the charms are designed, you're, you're always pushing yourself forward. And if you're like intentionally following the plot put in front of you, it gives you a bunch of, a bunch of free uses of all your powers. So you're just streamlining through them and, God, some of those utility tricks are really good utility. One of your charms, it's called Supernal Awareness, right? Mm -hmm. It's basically, for listeners, and I know if you're listening to this, you've played Breath of the Wild, listeners. Uh, you know how the Sheikah Slate has that radar thing where any item you've previously picked up, you can put it on the slate and it'll like ding when you're close to it? That's just a charm serials have. You pick something. It doesn't even have to be like from a specific category. It doesn't have to be something supernatural or it doesn't have to be like, you know, only things that secrets would look for. You could be like, a box of pizza, a vampire, a haunted house, a grease fire. And if it's within range of the charm's radar, it just goes off. And if you're doing it to follow the plot, like if you're doing it to follow the destiny that you're being put on, it just it's just free all the time. It's kind of like the detective from Disco Elysium always getting pop-ups uh, about where things are from his, uh, from his crime scene rebuilding skill. That's just an example. That's just one example charm that just completely changes how you'd play the game if you're a sidereal. Like that, you could build an entire character around that loop. Yep. 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 Uh, Chosen of Secrets are particularly good at just shaking the world until the plot falls out, and that's Raffi. Where uh, Damien is like this gigantic himbo, uh, Raffi looks like somebody who got through college on black coffee and Adderall and then uh, decided that they were food groups once he graduated. So there it is. <laughs> That's my, I'm imagining, the, I'm imagining the dad from Coraline in college. Oh God. Like with the bags under his eyes and the claymation face. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just the uh, mummified. All right. Well, with those two characters kind of nailed down then, um, that's pretty much the pitch for the game, listeners. Like, if you know those three above topics, that's that's what's happening. That's what you're in for. Uh, this is kind of the Q&A po portion of the intro that I'm sure you know about. We do it all the time, consistently, and don't forget. So I guess I turn it to Pete and Holden. Do you have anything about the game that, like, stands out that doesn't figure into those categories that you just want to mention or talk about or talk up that listeners will find out in the next couple of uh, episodes? I'm being quiet to give Pete a chance to go first. <laughs> yeah. um, well, 
Uh, I guess uh, what's worth pointing out that we're still getting back into Chronicles of Darkness. It's been like a year or two since we last tried playing it. So we're still a little bit rusty in those mechanics, but, you know, things will hopefully get better. Yeah, you're going to hear a lot of us stumbling. <laughs> I didn't remember yeah, how defense inc- worked. Including me. I've played a ton of uh, Chronicles of Darkness back when it was in its first edition as the New World of Darkness. But it's been quite a while since I had any hands-on time uh, with the second edition rule sets. So, actually, and uh, so it was a little bit of a learning curve getting back up to speed once we started playing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Just, you know, getting me familiar with all that stuff. It has been a little while, and this is sort of a play test. So we're just kind of getting all the pieces together. Um, yeah, uh, turns out writer brain and, uh, the place where you store all the active rules for a game you're playing right now are not tremendously connected to one another. So I'm like, how's initiative work? Well, I wrote four charms that interact with that last week and I'm blanking. <laughs> right, I'm like, right. Okay. So, so I roll eight dice, right? For initiative. And everyone's like, yeah, that sounds right. That sounds like world of darkness. And then it's like, no, no, stop. I'm begging you. Do better. <laughs> that line from Castlevania, you don't have to be sorry, you just have to be better. <laughs> um, the one uh, thing I point out that's not like not like a negative, but like a drawback for me is I'm not used to being back into crunchy systems that are like crunchy in the way that traditional games are. So it's it's a bit of a trick to get back on track. Like if this was Fellowship, I I had a lot more flex on where i'd be doing setups and scenes and threats and i'd be twisting the mechanics around to do what we kind of wanted but it's different with this kind of game so i gotta get back into the swing of things and i'm relearning all that like what the levers are but that just comes with the territory uh i'm a big fan of how the exults sort of just immediately integrate into the mystery like they all have the tools to do that so it's really not that different from playing vampire or mage or werewolf which are games we all played um, back when we were doing creepy Rashomon buffet. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I found that they, they, they sync up pretty nice. Yep. I really wish if, if we do a larger game, we can get someone who does like a lunar and infernal because the other ones are great, but lunar and infernal are like the most different. I love that lunars like, yeah, they're na- nature's vengeance, but they're also like, the Terminator and Jason Voorhees combined together. <laughs> like they also do that a lot. They're, they, they have got some incredibly fun charms. If your definition of fun runs to like extravagantly cruel acts of revenge. Um, <laughs> yeah. Cat, their cat, their cat. loop is Yes, they can shapeshift. You know, uh, you can totally turn into an owl or into a man owl or whatever you like. Uh, but their whole play loop is, depending on the cast you picked, uh, you've got something that you've staked out as this is my deal, this is my bag. I'm gonna look after it, and it could be anything from like a small, from like a, a neighborhood in a city to a small town to a stretch of woodland to uh, Bob. This is my friend Bob. Anybody who fucks with Bob has incredibly horrible things happen to them because that is what fuels my charms. 
and that is what keeps me uh, balanced and healthy and a sane individual is looking out for my thing. Yeah. And their charms are completely, completely built around that. And it's it's astounding, too, because it basically means that if you want to play the character that, like, it, it's it's like a cathartic thing where, like, you know, you're walking through the street and, like, someone tells a waitress they'd be prettier if they smiled. And, like, for no good reason, that guy's life is about to get fucking miserable for a little while. And by for no good reason, I mean for no reason he can pretty much discern. Like, there is no reason why that action would be linked to something, but you said that in front of the wrong person who overheard it. And they, they like, owl-head their next step all the way around to look at the waitress, like, suffering through it, look at you and be like, ah, everything's right in the world. I know what I have to do. Uh, <laughs> this just reminds me of that penguin comic that you know one page where someone laughs in the background he thinks he's laughing at him and then i'm going to ruin your life <laughs> very creative fashions oh yeah pink because penguins goddamn all over the place he gets mad <laughs> yeah it's like that but for just shitty things like you know you have a favorite force because you're a lunar sure and then you hear that they're gonna log it and you're like no. And then you hear that they dumped stuff in it. And then you heard that they had a fire festival at it. And you're like, there's so many people I'm going to get. I'm going to get experience points from hurting over this. <laughs> Lunars are horrific. Now, if you ever wanted to be pump, if you ever wanted to be pumpkin head, uh, here you go. Yeah. Like abyssals have access to raising zombies, but lunars have the scarier charms in the set just from the read through. I've done of both of them. Like abyssals are more efficient at being like hardened, brutal destroyers. Lunars are scarier. They just are. They, they, their tools just make them more horrifying because it's not about death. It's about fear. I think my favorite one of their charms is the one where you, you just, touch them uh and you whisper something to them it can be any touch it can be any whisper but traditionally it's tap on the shoulder and run and then until the sun next crosses the horizon nobody except for the lunar can tell that that person is in distress or needs help or (laughs) is in trouble you know they can run down the street screaming at the top of their lungs it's you know, giant death wolf just chases them, and everybody's like, "I wonder where that guy's going in a hurry." Huh. <laughs> that's a yeah. That's a that that's a lot. That's a lot to throw at. Um, my two favorite lunar charms, and there's two different reasons for it. Are one, there's a charm where if you've killed and eaten someone and add to your form form library, and that could be a person or an animal, depending on the charms you take, because. There are charms that you eat bigger things. There are charms that you eat smaller things. And there are charms for individual people to like take their forms. Well, that gives you a form library. This charm lets you um, export or, you know, like, like turn your form library inside out and just spawn the things you've eaten to be your agents in the world and do your bidding. And listeners who are familiar with our podcast will know that way back, like four, five, six years ago, that was the power of the villain lunar from Princes of the Universe, the Traveler. You know, the villain of the whole campaign and how Ian was one of his servants, like one of these exact things. That charm didn't exist in Exalted, but it exists in Chronicles of Darkness versus Exalted, and it's based off Nero Chaos, which is what I based the Wanderer or the Traveler off of. Like, it's just fucking hilarious. It's such a simple charm. It doesn't have a complicated mechanic system. It's pretty straightforward. But that enables that entire character 
in one line with room to do a bunch of other wild things with like in a traditional game of like maybe even exalted, they'd probably make that like a charm tree that you had to build up to. So you'd have to wait to get there or you'd have to add bits and pieces to it to make it as effective. This one and done, just grab it, which ties into what I really like that the charms are truncated or they're not truncated. They're like crushed down. Like you're not taking prerequisite prerequisite charms in this. The charms all do something fairly broad and fairly complete and are basically their own play loops in their options. It's almost like they're moves, you know, from a Powered by the Apocalypse game where they're their own system that kind of does the thing and, and codifies an entire part of a character. Fantastic, right? Instead of like incremental change and, and build up. So it's not like three melee charms you have to throw together. It's one melee charm that does the I am the melee charm master guy. Uh, do you have any comments to that before I go on? Uh, yeah, there's just not a ton of room for the charm. When you have a charm tree, you can make very, very fine-grained effects, and you can incrementally build them. But part of the... Uh, one of the design goals here was to structure this like a Chronicles of Darkness game. So you don't actually have a ton of powers. Um, I mean, there are a lot of charms in the book, but your character is likely to have, uh, you know, after a few months of play, like seven. Yeah, that's a, that's a safe number for... Disposal. At about seven or eight charms, I think you're like a feature-complete character. Like, you're pretty complete at the yeah. start, but by seven, you, you pretty much are done what you're looking for and now you're just looking to kind of shop around so you don't have a lot of things that are like you know add plus two to jumping um they most of the charms tend to be like add a new whole thing you can do because you have this or make you like unreasonably unreasonably good at some broad spectrum of things so the charms are they're very broad, and uh, they consolidate a lot of power into each charm for the most part. And also, like I, I, you know, you can't have an effect like uh, uh, spend one moat to uh, get up from prone reflexively when you only have like ten moats to work with. You know, yeah, uh, and and you're likely to only have like ten charms by the time the game wraps. That's mm, you know. You just, you just don't want to design effects like that. So they tend to be pretty broad and pretty interesting. There aren't as many of them as you'd see in uh, per exalt, I should say, uh, in a standard exalted core book. Like I think Sellers ended up with something like eighty-five charms, uh, where like in the first edition core they had over, they had two hundred fifty something. But um, the charms I think uh, that made the cut are for the most part fairly interesting and fairly fun to play with since they have to justify a lot more to carry their weight. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, what absolutely. was the second one you were kind of mentioning? So the second one is there is a charm where the lunar summons a pack of wolves and six them on someone. And that person has to run from the wolves because the wolves are coming for them. And I don't remember the specifics of the charm, if people can see the wolves or not, but uh, once you let that charm loose, that person is being chased by wolves. So fucking run dog. You got to get away from the wolves. And it's just, it's just great. Cause like you can get so pissed off at someone that you point at them. And all of a sudden wolves pour out of an alleyway or out from a firm from like a, one of those it clown sewer grates and just starts running this guy down. You know, for something they did that was shitty. Um, I like it just because it's iconic and like it's not any animal. Like like in Vampire Requiem One E, 
or in Masquerade, you could only really turn into like uh, a bat or a wolf or whatever. And then Requiem 2e, they let you basically pick any appropriate vampire predator to be your uh, uh, shape-shifting form when you took uh, Protean. The Lunar Charm is just wolves. Like, it's not like any available animal. It's not like something appropriate to the biome. There is something important about wolves to Lunars, and that's what gets fucking sent on you. Uh, There's a band called Siamese, I think is how it's pronounced. S-I-M-E-S, but the E has a little thing above it. And they have a music video called The Wolf, and it's basically that charm, and it's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Pedestrian Wolves is a very fun charm. Yeah. Um, I just really, I, I really liked those two for Lunars, and that's from someone who's never cared about Lunars. Like, I, like even in the Godbound version, even in the Powered by the Apocalypse, like, Broken Worlds version we did, even in Exalted Third Edition, which I, I'm told they're fixing it and stuff, it's like, I don't care about Lunars. <laughs> they're supposed to be, like, the second most important character next to Solars, and they're the least fucking interesting every time. And these ones, their playstyle's great, like... You can really tell the culture of Exalted by what Lunars look like from the edition they're in. Like, first, second, third, I guess, uh, Essence. Uh, I'm sure that's going to be great. Um, or, like, all the different ones. But in Chronicles of Darkness versus Exalted, Lunars, like, they fit this very specific niche and play style that's evocative, vivid, and, like, it's complete. Like, it's you can see what a Lunar player and what a couple different Lunar players would look like. And you can see how they fit into Chronicles of Darkness. Like... There's always that story in Vampire about the vampire that adopts a kid and eventually gives it up, but keeps visiting the kid and the kid knows about the vampire because it's like protecting it and like taking care of threats and hurting people and being a scary monster. And like Lunars by default can just be that vampire, but take it up so much further and make an entire character about that. And that's just interesting. Like it it makes Lunar, it's the first time I'll look at a Lunar and be like, yeah, let's do Lunars. Like, Solid versus Watt also had Lunars, but um, I just wasn't that engaged with them, not because it was a bad write-up. I just I just had other things going on in that game. Like, that game has no chemicals in it. That game has Infernals in it. You know, it, it, it's got stuff going on that are, like, they scream a little louder. But Lunars in this one stand out. Like, it, it would be a hard pick between playing, say, an Infernal, uh, a Lunar, or even, like, a Dragonblood, because Dragonblood also kind of rock in this edition, which is shocking. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> like Exalted's fucking terrible at making Dragon Blooded worthwhile because the design doc says they have to be terrestrial exalts, which I think because we never got anything but Dragon Blooded, that was one of the most poisonous things they could have done to the game line with how gamers are. So Dragon Blood always kind of get a bit of a kick in the dick when it comes to them being interesting because they have to be weaker. And uh, in this one, they're just basically equal to the rest of them. Like, sure, there might be a bit of a slip, but their their utility tools and what they have access to is also like super interesting like there's stuff going on and they're also by default monster hunters and shit and they they can be a hunter compact and they can interface with these other games and it's you know it's there you can see where it fits into a chronicles of darkness chronicle like i haven't read contagion chronicle because that came out a hundred years ago and i forgot it existed but i have a really gut feeling with the different conspiracies and sides and things going on in it um or in the good version of it, someone might take and write based on reading the book that exalts could slide right in and you could have a bunch of disparate like factions in the contagion chronicle that, that make up some exalts that are mixed into it or a dragon blood family. Um, there's just, there's just more to do in this version of exalted. Like there's more to kind of hook your characters onto and also hook into the, the chronicle stuff. 
Um, the last thing I'll bring up is um, what ties into that game loop thing, Burns. So, Holden, do you want to describe Burns, or do you want me to, to give my pitch and what I've read from them? Uh, I can do it. You do it then, so I don't talk all the time. So, um, one of the, the core conceits of the game is uh, to make the Exalted feel like part of this horror milieu. And the way I figured to do that is I'm going to break them a little bit. Um, or rather, I'm going to note that they're interfacing with what's fundamentally a broken, fucked up world. These are guys who are carrying the power of gods from prehistory or the dawn of time, or maybe if you want to uh, go playing around with the lore of the other games, maybe from like the the unsun the pre sundering world, or uh, from the era when the Earth was closer to the realm of supernal and hadn't been broken apart and fractured into a lie, or whatever the hell. It's primal stuff. It's power from the dawn of time. It's too pure. It's too heavy. It's too hot for the prosaic reality the exalts are living in, where you know. Uh, you catch an Uber and you go to the movies and then a fucking vampire tries to uh, get his fangs in your neck on the way, walking out back to your fucking car. Um, If you uh, reload your fist like Henry Cavill and punch that motherfucker uh, full of the power of the sun so hard he explodes and the skull ends up in the top of a tree, this is not a power the world was meant to bear. Certainly not being weaponized and thrown around with reckless abandon as an exalt can when they decide, fuck it, I've got ten moats, I'm going to cut loose with all ten of them today. Here, in this parking lot, taking out this gang of dickhead werewolves. And so, when you do that, when you decide to go loud, when you decide to let it all hang out and just rock out, there's a chance you can burn the world around you with the intensity of your godlike power. Um, that you're going to upset the the spirit world, and you're going to uh, screw the ecology up. There could be spirits coming from miles around to feast on what to them looks like this miles high pillar of essence, you know, uh, that's that's driving some of them away and ringing a dinner bell for others. Um, and it burns the substance of the world, and it leaves the place where this happened fucked up for a while, uh, which it, what that means can vary substantially depending on the kind of exalt that did it. Uh, when a solar burns a place, uh, the lights afterwards are too goddamn bright. Um, electronics have a, a tendency to want to power on very hard, run hot, overload. Uh, fires uh, are very energetic. They burn hotter than they should. People develop tension headaches. Their passions flare up too quickly. Uh, they're more, they're, their moods are changeable. They're manic. Uh, supernaturals that wander in this area are going to find that their powers work better than they should. Everything seems supercharged, but um, playing around with that power makes you sick. Uh, it's it's more than your it's more than anyone was designed to handle. 
that's a mild case. Solar burns are not nearly the worst ones out there. Uh, you get a sidereal that uh, that scours the world around them, cutting loose and burning moats like a lunatic. Um, they can make a place where uh, causality stops fitting together neatly, where events happen out of sequence, where you people get stuck in Groundhog Day style time recursions. Uh, you can ima- you can just imagine all the reasons you don't want to be anywhere near an abyssal burn. If you're lucky and you're cautious, you won't make too many of those. And you'll be heedful when you do, and you'll try and keep an eye on them, and you'll try to keep uh, people away from the damn things, and you will try not to make any more ruckus around them, and over time they'll shrink and they'll go away. Hopefully without becoming the lair for anything nasty that uh, likes what you've done to the place. If that's not the case, uh, if something disrupts the burn, some mage comes and pokes it with a stick uh, too vigorously, or you go back in for round two, because uh, the werewolves came back and they reclaimed their favorite bar, and now they've sent you a fuck you note to come back and... uh, you know, uh, have another go round for them. You can ignite a burn. You can tur- you can sear the place. You can cook it off and get rid of it. Usually with catastrophic results for everyone caught in the blast. Oh no, it's a Death Stranding. Hmm. And this tends to produce things like people wandering around who've had their souls knocked clean out of their body. And they're just an open, constant welcome mat for any ghost or, or spirit that feels like ju- that feels like jumping in and uh, having a test drive. Or people with a permanent burning shard of essence embedded in them. And, uh, you know, and they can see... Uh, supernatural people around them shining with an unnatural glow and it leads them deeper into the night. Or even folks who've had their souls cracked open and some of your primordial power just lodged in there for good. And you go and go pick up Deviant uh, the Renegades because that's what you've made. Uh, You've got some guy guy who's now a a tormented pyrokinetic because your dragon blooded couldn't keep it in his pants and just caught this poor dumb son of a bitch in a burn when he decided to have a knockdown drag out fight in the parking lot of a diner where people were eating. Which, you know, we talk about uh, conspiracies. Yeah, the dragon the dragon blooded clan is like, oh shit, we accidentally made this fucked up guy. We should go corral him and do something about that. Well, congratulations, now you're a conspiracy in the web of pain from another game's perspective. So that's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Exalted have a, the Exalted have a great capacity to make messes that they will need to clean up later if they're not careful about using uh, their enormous power. And with that said, there's the other half of it that gets added on that doesn't really exist in Core Exalted that makes this much more interesting i find it makes it like interface with the chronicles of darkness with like a purpose because 
they have that purification thing that is in the book mm-hmm. that is made for this. Um, do you want to do purification? Cause purification is the thing. Like it's, it's fantastic. It's so out of nowhere. It doesn't really, I, I can't see anywhere in exalted where that would have come up and it's entirely new. Like it's a new fabrication and every exalt can do it, but it makes them integrate into Chronicles of darkness stories in such a goddamn wild way. Do you want to touch them or I could, uh, Sure. Uh, purification is something that the Exalted are capable of in Chronicles of Darkness. Um, and it is the act of purifying the world, um, removing the taint of monsters and darkness and the night from it, um, making the world what it's supposed to be on the face of things. And this isn't done by uh, just scouring away the darkness with your god power. It's done by uh, consuming the curses of the world and burning them and burning them up in the forge of your own essence. And uh, the way this is done, it's very versatile. You could uh, try to. you know, your best buddy comes, uh, shows up and he hasn't been returning calls and he's been like hanging out with these sketchy people and you find out, oh my shit, Bob is running with vampires and he's a fucking ghoul. You can burn that out of him. You can get him back to good. You can get him back to Bob. Um, you, there are ghosts haunting a place. Well, okay, if you've got the right charms, you can go punch the shit out of the ghost. But, you know, this is like uh, the fucking Stein murder house and it's got all this terrible resonance and there's going to be ghosts back in two weeks after you leave you know yeah. or oh, jesus christ off. okay we killed this sorcerer and all of his spe- and ho- all of his stupid magic that he was sustaining just clunk uh, we found out the hard way that when a mage dies sustaining a bunch of unsafe spells they just run wild they continue to go and now they're really unsafe and now we have abyssal manifestations and it sucks you can get you can clean up his curses. You can uh, get rid of Promethean's wasteland. You can um, undo the curse that's placed on this place, or make a place no longer haunted. And purification accomplishes all that. But before you can purify anything, you have to confront it, and you have to win some sort of victory against it. So you would have. So you can't just be like, "Oh God damn it, Bob! You're back on the V juice again." okay now you're good no you need to go like do something like find the vampire that did this to him and kick the shit out of it and now you can fix bob because you've confronted the problem in some way you need to go and you need to uh find out what why this place is haunted and uh, confront the ghosts um you need to go uh get the promethean to move the fuck out of the wasteland or uh i don't know there are or uh, mend his ways and try to get back on his pilgrimage, or whatever. You have to always go and poke the problem and engage it actively before you can try and clear it up uh, with your godlike essence. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and then that that element makes exalted uh, characters in the Chronicles of Darkness actually have like a purpose because that's a thing they can engage with in a story. Now, now you can have a story of a bunch of vampires and, uh, you know, a sidereal, if you want that clearly are just hanging out and the cereal's not like not fitting in and they're doing something that's valuable. Like a bunch of vampires would be like, Hey, 
this guy got bloodbound and it's screwing him up and it's wrong. Can you fix him painlessly? And the serial's like, actually, yeah. <laughs> I I can actually pull that out of him without it being like a whole goddamn nightmare if he didn't have access to me. And that's a wild tool for any story to have. The idea that these characters, they're not just heroes, they're not just monster hunters, they're not just things that exist to kind of push back on uh, stuff pushing on people. They clean up. And there's other parts of that, like how anathema work, which is a named term in this game and they show up, or how infernals have a thing like a chrysalis grotesque that's going to come up if you read the book, or all these little bits, you know, lunars and chimeras, these all kind of exist out there and are a consequence of purification and kind of, or not consequence, but they're related to it. And you'll read about it. But the purification and the burn aspect seems like it's an element that didn't exist in Exalted, but adding it to them in Chronicles of Darkness makes them fit in much more seamlessly than some of the later splats. Like the, the Exults fit in a lot better than mummies do. Like you can run Exalted games a lot easier than you could with a mummy group. <laughs> And their mechanics actually work. (laughs) But uh, that was kind of why I wanted to bring that up. And do you guys have anything else you want to cover in the Q&A section? I think I'm good. Yeah, I think we've covered a lot of things. Well, then that's where we'll wrap up this intro episode. Uh, It's gone a little bit longer than half an hour. Whoops-a-doozles. So uh, this is the game. This is the story. This is the premise. Um, If you all like this, we'll make more of it later. Um, We got a couple episodes already lined up for this kind of intro story. We're going to treat Hologram Summer, what you're hearing now, this season one, as sort of like a made-for-TV movie to see if people are interested. And if they are, we'll pick it up for an actual season and maybe even grab more than two players. Huzzah. Huzzah. So with that said, I was Devin. Peter. Holden. And this was sponsored by Nobody. Signing off.